0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Drew Faith, Newcastle United, Newcastle United 1, Crystal Palace 2, yet another home defeat for Steve Bruce's mags. Uh, Graham Jones, not all he's cracked up to be, or, or maybe he is. And and this one's on Steve. I don't know. We'll have Luke Edwards on the show hopefully on Sunday, post humiliated tonight, Southampton. So I wonder if he'll be making the same points. Uh, and I'm going to kick straight off with you. Another defeat, but was it any better? The first
2: half was better, yeah. And I, and I think you've got to say that you know, even when we fell behind, and and, and we did start really well. Obviously, the you know the early goal. Made made you sort of think. Well, okay, we're going to carry the momentum on from the previous performance, and early goal settles us that we could kind of just start to like dominate the game and see what we could do with it. And then they had that five minute spell where they they hit us with two goals, and I, even then, I still felt that we we had a, another goal in us, and that we were we looked good, we, we looked hungry, we looked enthusiastic, and I think that's not what we've seen. Usually when in the last 10, in the last 10 games before Everton, when we go a goal down, heads will drop. And, you know, like you, like you saw um, have you, you know, the, I think it was against Leeds. You know, it looked like we were, re- we, it looked like we were kind of like being relegated, you know, the, the, the players were on the, you know, on the heads and the hands and, you know, just completely distraught. Whereas we didn't let that, we didn't seem to let that affect our mentality in the first half. certainly, and we kept attacking them and we kept going for them. And a lot of our shots were were coming from inside the box, which is a, a bit of a rarity for us, really, because you know usually when we don't have many chances, which we haven't created many chances in the last few months, because we don't have that many of those chances, we tend to snatch at them, we tend to panic, we tend to rush, and we'll have a lot more shots from outside the box, a lot more speculative, because you think, well... How else are we going to score? We best make use of this move, and we'll just have it, you know, just have pot shots. Whereas, you know, the game against Everton and then the first half of this uh, game, we were a lot more considered, and um, we 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 seem to sort of be a lot more composed in, in the final third. And you know, looking at sort of Wilson, what he did against Everton, holding the ball up, allowing other people to come into play, and there were players buzzing around him. And We saw a little bit of that in the first half again, but that's great to have some great attacking play. And that's basically where we are this season that we are praising. Oh, we had a good attacking spell, but end of the day, we haven't put chances away. They've hit us with a couple of quick fire goals and it's absolutely not the wind out of our sails. It's knocked our confidence. And by the time the second half rolled around Alex, we, we were, we were, we reverted to type. We stopped, we were panicking. We were just, they just dropped deep and we couldn't penetrate them. and, we didn't have any real meaningful chances in that second half, and it did feel very much pre-Everton that second half, which is really, really um, discouraging. Given that we had such an opportunity today at home with an early goal to really kick on and make this the start of a new era, a turning point, but we we haven't we haven't been good enough. Think.
3: The first half, you're right. I mean, we did start well. Um, obviously, we could argue that the goal was scored too early. Is that possible? Um, but, it's not uh, a thing. I think um, I think we we did look good. The problem is, is that all the confidence that may have been picked up from the event result and performance, you have to think of the games prior to that. The confidence was at a really low ebb, and this is what happens when, when your confidence is dead low, and you, and you do get a win, it's it's not like all of a sudden you've become this really confident side overnight. In the moment that we conceded that second goal, you're right. We did we did revert a type. And this this is the concern, isn't it? It's it's getting a really good result away from ever away at Everton, but then the moment that we are a goal behind in the game again, we're almost. I wouldn't even say a panic. It wasn't like you know, we were panicked to the, extent, to the extent that we were rushing around trying to create something. It was just like, oh, all right, we're behind again. Okay, we we don't know how to respond to this, and obviously, Crystal Palace. Them going two one ahead, it's it's ideal for them away from home. That two one ahead, they can just absolutely play that that kind of table football style setup where they just have like the, the the block block you out completely. And we didn't have the the kind of craft of the gale in the second half to to do any damage. And obviously, I think the substitutions, I think we will go into them. I thought they were ill timed. I think not. Taking off Hendrick at half-time on my two one down. I think that that would have been a real statement to take off Hendrick at half time and bring on long We we needed the energy, we needed the drive of of someone other than Jeff Hendrick and, and Isaac Hayden because Isaac Hayden was so far back. It was almost like we didn't have a midfield. So it, it was it was it was a concern and it and to me it just feels like another game where we've gone behind and we haven't managed to come back and get something. That's my worry.
1: It it's it's a worry for me as well, Norman and and whilst I don't want to be particularly negative because it's supposed to be an enjoyable pursuit watching your football team play, hasn't been for us for a long time, I, I kind of feel, and I see a little bit of it on the social media timeline right now, um, echoes of what Adam was saying. And Adam, I know, I know you're not making the point that it was fine. You've said it was a poor defeat and poor result. People are saying it was better, and it was It was to an extent better in terms of the absolute horseshit we'd seen for most of this season. But my concern is we're 16th in the Premier League. And sixteenth in the Premier League for this squad is not good enough. We're now seven points behind Crystal Palace, who are not a good team. The fact that we're that Crystal Palace beyond win thirteenth place, the fact that Fulham yes to have Leicester tomorrow night might get beat. But but we are still in that position where the mood going into Saturday is now entirely dependent on another team. Because if, if Fulham win that game, and that would be a fan, that would be a fantastic result against the Leicester side who rolled us with ease, then it puts them only five points behind with the game in hand. So you know, the fact that Brighton are only a point behind where, you know, Brighton could quite easily leapfrog we're 17th in the league out of 18. So I think if that performance had come maybe this time last season, 2021 20, games into Bruce's first season, I'd be far more positive. But ultimately, it hasn't. It's come game 59 or game 60, I forget which one, into his second season as manager after a good result. And I feel we've, we saw we saw some better signs there, but we also saw so much of what we've seen so often. And ultimately, ultimately, it's another home defeat to a desperate side. Palace are really poor. They're a really, really, really poor side. Leeds are upwardly mobile, but the defeat this time last week was a, a defeat to a really, really poor side, in my in my opinion, particularly away from home. Uh, and before that, we lost to a Sheffield United side who are desperate. And, and you can't keep racking up defeats to poor sides without getting relegated. And, and, and I feel I feel like he had to win tonight. I, f- I felt like he had to win. Everyone, I spoke to, to, to someone on the phone today, lifelong Newcastle fan, or yesterday, um, who who hadn't even watched the last few games, hadn't even turned them on and was buzzing for the game tonight. And there were so many people like that. And it was a great... It, it, and I feel like Newcastle under Bruce have done this relentlessly. Think about all the, the positive periods that we've had and what they've been followed up by. So... We'll go to Burnley last year after beating Sheffield United in Southampton and draw Man City and put in a horror show. We'll play Sheffield United first game and lose and lose that game to Burnley. We'll play Sheffield United the first game back after lockdown, beating 3-0. We'll have Villa and Man City. What a massive, a massive four four days for Steve Bruce's reign, Put in two pathetic performances uh, against the relegation, threatened Villa and didn't even didn't even try against Man City, even though Bruce said it was the right approach. Um, you know, we'll play we'll play Burnley and beating three one this season and We've got an international break. Man United have just been beaten 6-1. And although Manchester United are a good side now, and have won 9-0 tonight, we'll put in another kind of uh, Bruce-esque, pathetic performance. And every single time there's that little bit of hope there, it's almost like self-inflicted. We didn't press tonight. We didn't press tonight anything like we did against Devon. We didn't make it difficult for Palace. And whilst we had chances in the first half, uh, me and Norman were just chatting off air. Apart from Ryan Fraser um, and a brilliant save by the keeper, even though I think Fraser should score, I can't actually think of the of, of of Palace's keeper doing too much to have to win them that point. And whilst we had 21 shots and 61% possession, and while that represents an improvement, you you, you can't you be you cannot be improving to a defeat against Palace. It's an oxymoron, doesn't exist. So I'm really, really down tonight about the whole thing. And I, and I worry about the rest of the season again. And, and it's this crazy up and down ride, which is Newcastle United. But ultimately, I'm once again concerned that and when you listen to this or when you watch it on YouTube, you know, you might be watching this or listen to this after Fulham have played and maybe everything's fine. But Jesus Christ, if Fulham win that if win that game tomorrow night, it's going to be Arsenal's going time ahead of Saturday. And it makes Saturday into a massive game if it's not already. So I'm really concerned. And I think I think tonight once again has probably has probably shown me that we're still in need of managerial change. Mickey, um you're you wanna probably want to touch on I don't know if you want to touch on anything I've said there, but I know you definitely want to talk about the the tactical makeup of the side in particular midfield.
4: Yeah, I do. And um, what you've just said there is, is absolutely spot on. Bruce has got a habit of not building on momentum or anything positive. And, and statistics are, are statistics. And, you know, we've often used them to bash the manager this season. So it, it, it's difficult to disregard them, but more possession and more shots when you don't win a game is pointless. And we're well past the point of improving statistically, but not improving points wise under this manager. Like if we're not going to, if we're not going to build points on the board, that it's all it's all for nothing, and it, it's just depressing that we're in this we're in this conversation again. And I, I thought a, a key key part of that today was was the central midfield. Um, I was gobsmacked to see the same three names on the pitch. I think I think it's madness. You know, two two of the three in there are we discussed this on the preview that they're not athletes. They're not you know they're not particularly fit in terms of Premier League players. Obviously, I'm talking about Hendrik and John Joe here, and to see see both of those play from the start for the second game in four days, I just, I just think it's, I think it's insane and it was, it was so obvious that at least one of them needed a change and even, you know, even when, even when he hadn't made that change from the start, it was, it was abundantly clear to everyone, even in the first half when we were doing all right, that, that that had to change, that was the key change on the pitch and it didn't happen and we're going to go into the rest of the subs later, which just as a, a preview, if you haven't seen, were were absolutely mental all, all over, but, that every, everything was wrong in the middle of the park and it wasn't just the personnel it was the setup as well and going from five at the back to four at the back and and, and overloading the midfield should in effect bring the team forward and be effective but when you play Hayden in such a deep role and whether that was a choice of the player or the manager I'm not sure I, I, I know who I would choose to blame if I was picking it's effectively like having a fifth centre half and then Everyone will have seen the way things went in the second half and especially in the last 20 minutes, but this was apparent for the whole game and it's been a problem with the way Newcastle have played football for a long, long time. And it's not even just exclusive to this manager, actually, but our central midfielders are so deep that it just creates this absolute sway the space for anyone to do anything they want from the opposition. And it's it's so incredibly frustrating. Not only that, but it just makes, the, it makes our defenders absolutely pointless when we have the ball. You know what we've seen positively over the last two games before tonight was our defenders carrying the ball well, making one of their players commit and opening up space for someone else. But when John Joe Shelby's dropping back and picking up the ball from Shaw and Clark five yards away from them, 25 yards inside our half, it just it just negates so much of the pitch and so much, so many of the players that you, you're never going to get anywhere in football doing that. It, it's so crucial and it's happened so many times. I, I cannot fathom how we haven't worked out that that is a big problem at this club. And I, I genuinely don't think that the, the manager and his staff know that because it just happens over and over and over again.
3: I I think the substitutions, I mean, I genuinely couldn't work out what formation was being played, especially after the Gale coming on from Ankiho substitution. Like I genuinely, I was looking at the pitch thing and like, what, what's, What's the intent here? This, to me, smacked of a few weeks ago when basically Bruce came out after a match and said I had five attackers on the pitch. It it was that same modus. It was the same kind of decision-making process. Like, oh, we're losing. So what I'll do is just throw a lot of attackers on the pitch. And we've seen that doesn't work. And and that's, that's the frustration, is that there's no lessons learned from the kind of repeated mistakes that have been made. And, you know... We're we'll bringing the timing of the substitutions again throughout Bruce's reign. The questions, why is he making substitutions at this time? Why is he making that particular substitution? It's almost like nothing's ever learned. And, and what it does is it makes Saturday's win against Everton. It almost like negates the positives of that victory because it... And I was com- completely effusive in my praise on Sunday of that performance on Saturday. But what today has done is it's made me think again, did Everton just have a bad day? It, it, rather than me actually thinking... Was this Newcastle turning a corner? Was this Newcastle finding a new system? Was this like a, you know a step in the right direction? And then to to go from that to seventy two hours later producing a, a, like a, a really shocking second off. The first off was all right. The second off was was abysmal. That was back to type, and it does make me think: Are we going to get back to a situation a game where we just need other teams to play poorly for us to win? And, and as I say, it, it does take a little bit of the sheen off that win on Saturday, which is which is a real shame.
2: I think alarm bells rang for me when Bruce said pre-match um that it would be he said and he's and he I've called him out for this before this season where he'll reward starting places even if regardless of who the opposition is, regardless of what the setup might be, but if someone's had a good game in the last game and he said the words, it would be unfair to change anybody out. And, you know, we've we've had Obviously chats in the in, in the private chat, Alex. I know you were against kind of wholesale changes, and I am as well, but I kind of agree with Mickey that there should have been a couple of changes there. And I would have liked to have seen, say, Long, Matty Longstaff play tonight in, 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 in instead of Hendrik for a bit of energy to get up in their face. I would have liked to have seen Sam Axon start if if he was gonna if he was fit and capable because he caused him a lot of problems in the second half but it just wasn't enough but it's 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 this thing that like okay so we set up with Hayden deep against Everton because it made sense because they were playing uh, Sigurdsson in that hole and he wanted to kind of protect that um, but it's almost like we haven't thought about well yeah but we're, we're playing Crystal Palace now at home it's a completely different proposition do you need Hayden sitting that deep when we should actually be we need to be pushing them back. We need to be playing, you know, Eze is a, a really tricky player and he was the, you know, the pivot for them tonight. But even so, we, we kind of need to be, we need to be taking the game to them. We need to be not worrying about what he's going to do. We need to get Hayden further forward. We need to, and, and again, it's like, it's what, he, what Bruce has been talking about, getting yards up the pitch. Alex called it right before when, when, when he said like, we, you know, we just, we didn't, we didn't press. And it was like that second half was very much, a Steve Bruce second half. It, it, it didn't have the hallmark of 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 the the benefits that we had in the last game. Now Norman, I, I, I do think that we played well against Everton. Yeah, Everton didn't weren't very good, but even if you disregard the opposition, think back to Everton. Think of the the hunger and the desire to press, the determination to be better, and we and we held that consistency throughout that entire ninety minutes. Yeah, it was back and forth a bit, but usually we're praising 20 minute spells of this and 30 minute spells of that whereas against Everton we managed to consistently perform attack and defence for the duration of the match and that's that's why it was such an anomaly and tonight we started a you know well until they scored and we 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 looked sort of we still looked like we were going for it when we were 2-1 down but then second half It just they fizzled out and we 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 couldn't penetrate them. We ran out of ideas. I think the what you know, I think legs came into it as well. And in and and this is what it is, because I think if if Steve Bruce is gonna it was almost like he was too nervous to 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 meddle with the fragility of the formula of that starting lineup that did so well against Everton. It's like I I get that he doesn't want to make too many changes, but if you make no changes, we're going to be tired coming into the last sort of 15 minutes when we at a time where we were absolutely should have been going for it we, we we just didn't have that it was very very frustrating
1: i think you've all summed it up really well well lads and 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 this is the thing about normally you make a great point about the Everton game and how it takes the shine off and a lot of this game the context of it will be decided by the performance and the result against southampton that's how big a game it is. So it's hard as trying to kind of look into the future and 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 like you correctly say, Adam, there were signs there in the first half in particular. We were the better team in the first half when we half for Crystal Palace. We did we did a lot of the things that I liked that from Saturday. I also agree with you that that Hayden playing as deep as he was, really we lost control of the midfield. It was Palace. What then what we needed was Isaac Hayden in the face of Milivojevic, in the face of Eze. In the face of those lads, under pressure in their own half on the ball. And instead, the amount of times they could get their head up, run 20 yards, find the pass, easy, easy to play against Newcastle United. But to bring it back to this wider context, and that's why I struggle. And I see a lot of journalists at the minute, and fair play, the journalists, you know, the the they the, the get paid for their opinions on football we don't. But I see a lot of you know tough one to call tonight. Um conflicting feelings about this one. Poor result, but played well. It's like, no, that's eight. Defeats in 13 home league games when he cast United. That's relegation form, lads. That's that is that is pure and simple relegation form. If you cannot win your home games in the Premier League, you're fucked. We can't win away games normally. Uh, you know, great result on Saturday aside. Um, and, con- and I'm just looking at a, a tweet here from a lad called Stephen Wade. Conceded two or more in six of our last 11 home games. It's too easy for teams at the minute it comes to come to St James's Park. And if that isn't addressed and addressed quickly, there's a real chance we'll get relegated. I mean, look at where, look at where league position, 16th in the league. Um, just checking the points that we've got. We have 22... We're, we're on a point a game, but it's 10 10 Premier League defeats in the last 13 games. It really, really concerns me. And Saturday can make it all, make it all OK with a great win. And Southampton got a massive injury list. They've got a red card tonight. They're rock bottom... The need to react, and this is this is the big problem. About Bruce and Norman, this brings us on nicely to your analysis of substitutions that you want to make. The pro- the problem is that I think they were set up really well pre game against Everton, and the game plan worked. It worked at every at every step of the way. They didn't concede the first goal. We got stronger as the game went on. Worked tonight really well. Started fantastic. Could have been, should have been maybe two 0 up beforehand before Palace get back into it. But as soon as it goes against Bruce. As soon as something doesn't go to plan, it's it's almost like he doesn't have an answer. And my concern is at the minute with ten defeats in the last thirteen Premier League games, he doesn't have an answer. And it's to bring it back to what I'm seeing a lot of journalists and some fans. To be fair, saying you know positives and all this kind of stuff, and I'm I'm still quite encouraged. Blah blah blah. You know it doesn't make you wrong, but but I, I'm I'm really worried about our ability. If we lose Maximan injury again, if Callum Wilson gets injured, I don't want to be all doom and gloom. But when well, I'm sat here like looking down instead of looking up, and the biggest concern about that is if things do, if anything goes against us, we get a bad decision, we get a red card. I, I feel that Bruce just simply doesn't have the managerial ability to fix that, and and maybe that was reflected once again, Norman, by your substitutions tonight.
3: I, I mean, the. Maximand bringing Max Amann on for Henrik. I mean, look, Henrik had to go off, right? But I don't think bringing Maximand for Henrik was the right decision. It should have probably been Longstaff on for Henrik. And in, in at that, that point in time, why not make two substitutions like there and then? But you could have brought on Maximan and Matty Longstaff, right? Um, I think I think it's it's not like it's not even like he's bringing on players to change how we how we kind of attack or how we are tactically. And, and to a certain extent, you know, it's not even like he's bringing on players to change the formation. He's literally just making substitutions, like just throwing on players for like, let's see, all right, okay, I'll take off, I'll take off um, Hendrik and bring on Maximan. So that's that's an attacking decision, isn't it? All right, I'll take off Mankey and bring on Gail. Well, that's an attacking decision is it, isn't it? So it's almost like it's just kind of swapping players, saying get out on the pitch, try and do something, and that's that's what's really really frustrating about it. It's like there's no um there's no kind of all right we've got I've got 30 minutes here, I've got 30 minutes of the match, two one palace are blanking. we're here we can't we can't penetrate and right. What I need to do is I need to make a couple of switches with players and I need to change the formation and the two players that I'm sending on the pitch, I need them to get that message. to Those players on the pitch and things need to change. You now it's it's not it's literally just a case of all right son, warm up, get on, run with the ball. And that, that is pretty much what happened when, when Maximan came on our tactic was again quite straightforward. It was let's give the ball to Maxi as much as we possibly can. That's what happened. And if, if you notice as well, like Fraser and Amiron more or less disappeared from the game after halftime. And, and, and that kind of only, only sort of doubled once Maximan came on because as soon as he comes on the pitch and, and as soon as we're, we're chasing the game, the only thing we have to do, or well, the only thing that seems to be the message coming from the sidelines is give the ball to Maxi, give the ball to Maxi, try and push the ball in the box. And that's it. It was, it was just, it, it, as I say it, Indicative of all the substitutions that have that have been made in, in Bruce's time Yeah, I don't recall any occasion where substitutions at the right time have had a massive impact on the game. I'm completely wrong, obviously. But right now I can't think of myself, when we've been losing a game, Bruce has made a substitution that has completely turned the game on its head.
4: It's like football manager style subs, that's when you're 12. That's what that's what I put it down over the last couple of games. Like it's where you, you take your fullbacks off and put two extra strikers on, you play two defenders. You know, what what was what was the lineup at the end of the game? I I think that Fraser was playing as a de facto right back. What's the like? What yeah. is what is the point in that? What, why not just keep the actual right back on, who can still defend a bit, and also get forward? And who was having a decent enough game rather than putting your winger, who I've just seen the the, the Chronicles play ratings. He got an eight out of ten and apparently put
2: twenty crosses in. I would I, I think all of those crosses were terrible. Um, yeah, um Fraser created. Yeah, he. he, he he put in nine successful crosses out of a, an attempted 20 and created seven chances tonight. So it, all, it was all coming from him, but then we shoved them right back to accommodate Sam Maximan. So then you take away all that creativity and rely on, you know, Sam Maximan basically.
4: Just like it utterly defeats the point of making the sub, doesn't it? And, at the same time nullifies a, a one of your one of your more creative players and puts him in a position where he's he's prone to do something wrong and you know the last time he was in the defensive third of our pitch got sent off so that just it's just absolute madness and then the same thing when when Gale came on and, and when when Carroll came on I just I don't think anybody had a clue and what what a, what a manager should be doing when you've you know when you've been when you've had a significant amount of possession you've had a lot of the ball and you've had a lot of the ball in decent territory but you haven't had any chances which is what you would describe that performance as from us in the second half. You should be looking at how you can change the whole game with your subs. If you're going to make changes, move some players around a little bit, try something slightly different to try and break through the wall. What what Bruce has done is like the opposite of that. He's just like, try to change the people, which is, it's just insane. It's, it's, it's like basic level management. It, it w- was beyond them today. And uh, I, I don't think that he has, has put any thought into the changes other than just like, you know, when he's seen Cowley, just like look for the tallest person on the bench, like get him on, see what, see what he can do. Why not try and, why not try and, you know, make it two men up completely up front, make that change. If that's what you're going to do, why not? Why not make it a three at the back and, and have two, uh, two attacking fullbacks and then two wingers and one up front. If, if you're going to do something, do something. And instead of just changing the personnel, it's just, it's it's pathetic and madness. There's no excuse.
1: I just want to make a really quick point on the, the Fraser and St Maximan stuff. So Fraser got 8 out of 10 in the Chronicle. He had, a, he had a really good first half anyway, and we're starting to see more and more from him. He's playing left side alongside uh, Jamal Lewis, and, and, and they both had good first halves. They're both good at Everton. I really disagree with bringing St Maximan on and moving Fraser, you know, Why not play Saint Max on the right? I appreciate he prefers to play on the left, and he did some good stuff when he came on. We play him on the right, you know, and keep Fraser on the left, and we became so unbalanced that we had nothing at all by down the right when he brought ASM on on the left and switched Fraser to God knows where eventually to right back. This I just I just can't see it myself. I thought it was a a poor decision in the sub, but you you know, as a manager, I'm not be too harsh. You get things wrong. ASM's done some great things on the left, but I I I thought that was a really strange one. Just just for you lads, before we move on to Almiron. Um, you know, Steve Bruce spoken to the press while recording this immediately after the game like we do for the midweek podcasts um, You know, very obviously saying we deserve to win um, definitely didn't deserve to lose he doesn't think we deserve to lose to Leeds last week, I disagree with him, I thought Leeds deservedly won that game um, and we didn't deserve to lose tonight uh, he said we've tried to change things in the last month or so the performance is what you're looking for and you hope performances like Saturday can turn into victories unfortunately tonight it didn't come You know, I don't expect him to come out and say, well, we're shite. We weren't shite as as well. Um, I don't expect him to come out and hammer his players for that. So it's a difficult one, what the manager says. But I think, and this is the thing, it's the context of everything else he said. It's the context of all the other performances and defeats that make it hard to swallow. Norman, you've just commented, does anyone think the defeat would have been easier to take if we'd been shit at Everton, I think, before I get your thoughts on that, I think, you know, this would be a very different podcast if we'd lost at Everton. We would be really, really in the shit and he might be out of a job having lost, you know, as, as many games as he had. I don't know what you think.
3: I think, yes, the kind of overall panic would have been would have been more of that tonight because, we, yeah, we'd be right in it. The three points at Everton were absolutely huge in terms of, you know, the ongoing... Relegation battle. If we won tonight, I'd probably be standing here saying we're not in a relegation battle, but but we are after that. Um, so it, to a certain extent, this particular defeat, it would have been easier to take because I think what the game against Everton has done is it's once again it's kind of almost created these false expectations. Or to a certain extent, it's shown you what what the team is capable of, and it's almost like how do we go from that game against Everton to being okay in the first half. Right? I'm I'm not I'm not gonna buy this. We're dead and lucky tonight. We weren't dead and lucky. Look, we had lots of the ball. It's Crystal Palace. You can have lots of the ball anyways, regardless, right? Even even if we're not playing well, we will probably have more on the ball, than, right? Yes, we had what 20 shots, but like, you know, out of those 20 shots, like like 52 of them were from outside the box. But the um we, we weren't we weren't we weren't great by right? any stretch, imagine. We were okay in the first half, we were okay, we we're better than Palace, right? We didn't deserve to be down. Did we deserve to be like two or three goals ahead? No, we didn't. The second half, we weren't good. We couldn't penetrate Crystal Palace at all. We we ran out of ideas. So that's my concern: is that we have gone we've gone from a really good performance to an exceptionally poor one, like that, bang, like that, back to back to, to default almost. And and at the end of the game, we're trying, like the the, the journalists and you know whoever are on social media, trying to to make this sound better than what it was. It wasn't for me tonight. Was actually. More representative of what Newcastle United are than the Everton performance. Everton's what we can be, what we're capable of, but Crystal Palace is actually what we really are, under Steve Bruce, and that's the thing that concerns me.
1: Adam, you want to talk about Miguel Armiron? I want to
2: try and bring a bit more positivity because I, 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 I do agree with what you said there, Norman. I, I, honestly, like you're right. This, the, the, as we said before, this was a, a lot more kind of revert in the type. This seemed like more default. Certainly that second half performance where we got confused. I, th- I think I think Miggy's found his calling in that in that number ten role, and he it brings out the best of him. You know all of his best attributes. The way he can, you know, he can pick the ball up. He's not. He doesn't have to come too deep, which is you know one of the one of the problems when he's when he's too deep is that he's then got too far to go. When it, if he can receive the ball in a more advanced position, then he can really run at defenders, cause problems. You know, laid off. He just looks busy. He looks hungry. He looks really enthusiastic. And you know, and as much as you know, he was he had the most sort of attacking third passes tonight for us, but he also had the second most uh, interceptions tonight in the, in the whole match, eight, which is ridiculous for what's essentially our number ten, a playmaker. And you know, you, you know, you look at that. You know, you look at that um, that counter attack that I think Townsend was on, and not only did Miggy tackle and stop him. But he didn't go out of play. He retained possession, no foul, and played it out. And he and he's and he's busted a gut Miguel Almirón from from our from the attacking half right into that corner, and he's and he's and he's protected the side. And I think what we've seen from Miggy the last two games has been encouraging, because he seemed incredibly lost under Bruce for most of Bruce to the point that he wasn't even getting played at the start of this season. He wasn't getting starts, which is crazy, given that he's not a luxury player because of this defensive uh, discipline that he brings to the side, his tactical intelligence as well. He keeps shape. He he knows when to get back, and he will always, always give you energy and fight. And I like him in that position. What is a bit, little bit weird about this front three that we seem to have? I just want to make a quick comment on this. That we've obviously got like... Fraser playing as a kind of in the lineup, he's playing off he's playing off Callum Wilson. However, he's blatantly playing out on the left wings. But you've got Callum Wilson sort of pushed over to the right hand side to maybe it's it's just quite it's quite curious. It's something that we haven't really done before. And you know, we didn't really know what was happening against Everton, and Everton certainly didn't know what was happening, which is probably why it was quite successful. Crystal Palace would have seen the Everton game and kind of know what know that we were almost certainly going to be playing the same way with as close to the same eleven as possible if they've been following Bruce at all. Um, and I just don't know whether... Obviously, Fraser created a lot tonight, but it, it kind of gives our forward line this kind of asymmetric quality, which, unless everyone knows exactly what they're doing, might even... Might, yeah, could confuse the, the opposition defence, but might confuse ourselves if we're not kind of sound enough to to know kind of what's going on because we're playing with a you know front two, Miggy behind, but then Fraser drifts as a up to a left wing because that's his natural position. Yeah, Miggy is sometimes the most fur, further forward when he's pressing because he gets a, he goes he runs past Wilson and Wilson sort of drifts over to the right but I don't want Wilson drifting too far over to the right. I want Wilson in the thick of it. I want him where he was against Everton, where he was central a lot, on the edge of the box, back to goal, laying it off and cause an absolute panic in the opposition box. Um, it's just a weird dynamic that we've got that it's not really a. It, it's not really too up top. It's a lot more fluid than that, but I don't know if that's trying to be too clever. I, I don't know what anyone else thinks about that. Um, it's just... You know, having had a, a couple of games to kind of analyze it, we we obviously it it's working in terms of we're creating chances, but I, I don't want our main our striking talisman to be to be pushed out on that right hand side too too much. I, I want him in the thick of it, in the box, close to Miggy, so they can interchange and connect and get some chemistry going. I don't I don't know what anyone else thinks.
3: I agree, mate. I think Almiron was. Absolutely superb. I mean, the first 20 to 25 minutes in particular, he was incredibly busy. And you're right, he needs to be hanging off the shoulder. love Wilson. I think the two of them, the longer they play together, they're both very intelligent footballers. And I think there's a real, there's a really good relationship um, budding there. And I think Southampton, as a Gans, to, to put a, a positive spin on it, look, we did beat Everton way we didn't expect it, right? So uh, we're probably three points further on than I actually thought would be after this game. I mean, maybe maybe Palace would have got a draw, right? There's a positive. So we've got three points instead of the one I anticipated. Um, Southampton have just lost 9-0, right? So if we start against Southampton, and obviously and that depends on the formation that's set up, it depends on the players on the pitch, but let's just see we start with the same intent against Southampton as we did against Palace tonight. We get an early goal against Southampton, they'll completely collapse. They've just lost another game, 9-0. Now, I know they bounce back really well from that last year. But my God, two 9-0 defeats in about what, eighteen months? That's going to have an impact. If we get, if we attack Southampton from the off, if we get Almiron and Wilson playing together like that, like we know they can do, we'll beat them. So there's a positive. We could be this stage next week. We could have picked up six points from nine games. So I'm not gonna. I'm, it's difficult not to dwell on tonight because, as we've said on on numerous occasions, it's very much how it has been under Bruce. But at the same time, we've got the ideal game to kind of kick on again. So I'll. Down to bed, then he'd close my eyes, thinking, thinking of positives, right? Thinking of Miggy, thinking of Miggy and Wilson. <laughs>
4: the caveat to that, though, is that Southampton will probably think that that that's the ideal game for them as well to come off the back of a nine 0 defeat. They'll they'll see Newcastle as an easy target, and we are. you know, we've, we've struggled to bring the positives from the weekend into this game. Effectively, we, we we started well enough, but it's not good enough. I I I struggle to think that how about how if we can't bring Positives out of a hugely positive performance into an easily winnable game against the bottom half side at home that are shocking away from home. How do we then transpose that into the next game when the the second half today was so disappointing and and so frustrating? I just not to not to take the wind out yourselves, lads, because that's two two excellent positive points to to finish up on. But I, I have none of the same confidence. I'm afraid, Norman. I think I think the weekend could be a catastrophe.
3: Didn't see I compliment,
1: I said it could happen. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, one of the big issues we've got for the Southampton game is Southampton are better than us. Much better than us. Doesn't mean we can't win, and it doesn't mean I don't expect us to get a result. I do expect us to get a result. Listen, Bruce is in the result stage of his Newcastle career here. He has he has to win games. Mickey, I know you want to talk about the next three or four games, but we, so we've got Southampton, then we've got Chelsea and Man United away. Are we going to go to either of those teams and press them and play a diamond? I don't think so. I think if we lose against Southampton, um, Steve will go back to five at the back. I think it'll be any this this little period of progress with a 20 minutes against Fulham, a good game against Everton, and the first 20 tonight, be a distant memory. Um in the same period, by the way, that we've got the next three fixtures. Fulham have got two home games against Leicester and West Ham. They've got Everton away and Sheffield United at home. You know, <laughs> there are points there to be had and let's them 14 points from 20 games they are a poor side they might say they're unlucky but that is a poor return they should have beaten us in james but that's a poor return um i'm i'm really worried and, and i hate doing this because i just want everything to be all right and i just want to be good at football and not have to be in crisis but when you are already i'm already looking ahead to to do the post game podcast on sunday and and the other content that true faith produces knowing fine well that if we lose that game, it's meltdown It's meltdown time. With the games that I've just talked about coming up, it's meltdown time. You go from 22 points from 22 games to pretty much 22 from 25. You go to Steve McLaren territory, and you go potentially to Fulham being right on my tails, Brighton certainly being ahead of where so, um, you know, this is, this is the thing. And I see far more of it on the timeline during the podcast. And I see more of it from journalists, like I said. And, and we've discussed it. You know, they played all right tonight. They could have won. You know, we're, we're done with that. Steve McLaren had games that were could have won. In, in season 08-09, the hallmark of a team that gets relegated is failing to win lots of games. Or not lots of games, but the few games that you deserve to win, failing to capitalise them, throwing away leads. Crystal Palace before tonight had picked up one point. As was mentioned on company, one point from a losing position this season. And they've won that in the second half, in my opinion, without breaking sweat. So I don't want to get too down right now about it because there is a game on Saturday and it's not it, it's not a ridiculous suggestion. I think we could fix what we needed to fix tonight. You could play 442 or 4411 and play Fraser Max, and Maximan, and it could all be okay against a team that are in free fall in Southampton, like I said, with a lengthy injury list, another suspension tonight. But I I really fear for our future, and and I just I feel like talk of improvements, slight improvements in defeat, after 60 games of a manager, and after what he what he would consider as two fantastic summer transfer windows, I think that's really really dangerous talk. But we'll find out. um, We'll find out on Saturday. Uh, Mickey, uh, do you want to talk about? It wasn't you, but you're going to talk about it. Graham Jones tonight. What was going on with him?
4: It's odd to see him in the stand, isn't it? Considering how. How influential he appeared to be on the sideline at the Everton game, and 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 you know it was something that we saw a lot from Rafa. The micro managing from the side was was crucial when you've got players like ours that, that that need that, and it it was clear that it had an impact on them. And it was it was absolutely constant from Jones and throughout that whole game. You saw him constantly going at the players, constantly telling them what to do, constantly giving them instruction. And it's no coincidence for me, at least, it's no coincidence. That it's a game that we've done really well in, not just the result, but the the performance was better individually across the park were better, were better set up, were better organized. Every, everything was better. And then Bruce does his, his interview about it. Is I, I can't remember his exact words, but he's made some slight, inspired choice, wasn't it, he said, about him, about bringing him in. Um, <laughs> so you know, how, petulant. <laughs> it's just, I I, I I don't even have the words for it. But for him then to be in the stands at the start of the game, it's just like, it, it's, it's like he's making it's like he's making the point to both to Jones and to us and to the journalists in particular, probably the, the so-called keyboard warriors of people criticizing him on social media that have given a lot of credit to <laughs> yeah, Adam. Yeah, definitely you um, <laughs> given a lot of credit to Jones for that performance at the weekend. It's like, well, no, he's going to be in the stands because he's not that important. And that that's just what it felt like. And I, I reckon it's had a, I reckon it's had an impact on the game today and it, it'll certainly have had an impact on, the relationships in the squad with the manager and the coaching staff and, and between the manager and Jones, you have to presume I, I, there's more to it than just, you know, I'm, I am not buying for a second that Jones wanted to get the bird's eye view on that today from the start of the game. Cause it, it it's just the opposite of what he did on Saturday. Like why, why would that change in three days after, a, after a win it, it has to be a decision from, from Steve Bruce for me, it has to be.
3: Um, not willing to say that it has to be a decision from Bruce because I do think that Jones, right? I look at the fact that he's spent a lot of his time working with Roberto Martinez, and Martinez is a little bit left field in his approach to coaching. You. you listen to Martinez speak, and you, you get the impression that he's one of those managers in that kind of new world. You know, you look at Tuchel, right? Tuchel took a training session this week and he made the Chelsea players play with those tiny little ditty footballs, right? So, you know, like you get these managers who just do these these unexpected things. And I, and I think Jones, I wouldn't put it past Jones to, to have thought, right, this match, I'm going to start off in the stands because I want to get a different angle. The the stadium at St. James's Park is laid out differently to what it is at Goodison, so I need to be looking at this game from this angle for this amount of time. Like, that wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me that. Now, what you're saying may be completely valid, mate, absolutely, but I'm not prepared to say that Bruce has banished him to the stands just because he's got his big, fat bottom lip out again. Um, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if Jones had had some kind. If, if he thought that might be like a beneficial thing to do, we'll, we'll get the gossip from some inside journalist, right? Create up tell us.
1: <laughs> We're going to ask Luke on uh, on Sunday um, how it goes. Well, I think that will do for tonight, uh, unless I'm cutting anyone off prematurely. But otherwise, this has been the True Faith Podcast Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for watching on YouTube. We'll be back. Sunday, like I said, don't know what the lineup's going to be, but hopefully Luke Edwards is going to be there. Hopefully we'll win, and it's uh, back to the up and down world of Newcastle United, and we're all buzzing like we were Sunday, gone after the Everton results. My thanks to Adam, Norman, and Mickey. Thanks to everybody for listening. Be back with you all very soon. Thanks for listening to True Faith.
5: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium?